Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The most awarded dream team of documentary talent in decades captures the epic story of three young people fighting for their lives in the oldest biggest and most important amateur boxing tournament in the world. New York Daily News Golden Gloves Cradle of Champions follows three extraordinary and inspiring individuals, James Wilkins, Nisa Rodriguez, and Titus Williams, on an urban odyssey through a 10-week tournament founded back in 1927 that has produced more professional world champions than the Olympic Games. And that is the backstory behind this terrific documentary that will be screening on Showtime coming up very soon. Uh, and the director of the documentary is Bartle Bull. Bartle, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you. Well, thank you. Well, um, tell me a little bit about, do you have a particular interest in boxing? What was it that sort of prompted this project to, to get kicked off in the first place? Well, it's a good question because I've never done anything like this. Um, I have been interested in boxing for years. I've spent uh, a lot of time hanging around in boxing gyms um, uh, for the last couple of decades at least. And I discovered this amazing, really cultural treasure of the New York Daily News Golden Gloves, almost a century old, this yeah. tournament. I discovered that... Uh, back in 2015, some kids from the gym where I worked out um, up in Harlem and Manhattan were in the tournament. I went to watch them and support them, and, and, and they, they were winning their first few fights, so I would go back and back. And I found that following this tournament was taking me all over my hometown of New York and into all sorts of amazing places in that beautiful city that I'd never seen before, and this remarkable world of amateur boxing. And so I just fell into it, and that was the year before I shot the movie, and I, I, I saw this extraordinary thing. And, and while I'd done a lot of writing in newspapers and magazines and a book, I'd never made a film. I was just compelled by this amazing world to um, uh, try to make a movie about it. So did you did you consciously say I could write about this I could turn it into something of a, a longer piece or even a book, or did you immediately think you know what this is a visual story that needs to be told and you wanted to move forward on that front? It's a super question because as we all know, there's so much great great uh, boxing writing out there, and yeah. I mean certainly no sport has ever uh, provided the context for so many great films as boxing has. Uh, but it's also true that there's no sport, I don't think, maybe baseball, because it's had so much good writing about it. Uh, but there was I, you know, a lifelong writer, um, and uh, it, it was a film. It was a film that I knew I need to make, not not a not a, a book that I had to write. Very much a film. Um, uh, I don't know why, because, again, visual as it is, uh, it um, it also lends itself beautifully to, to 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 good writing, but I I suppose part of it was that uh, in filmmaking, nonfiction anyway, um, you can let these scenes, the rooms, the people in them, speak for.
for themselves. You don't right. have to uh, ask people to trust you. You don't have to feel that you're being overly descriptive or condescending or overly emotional or any of the things with writing. I mean, you know, with, with, with nonfiction filmmaking, it's, well, there's a lot of artifice. Uh, the basics are right there yeah. and uh, speak for themselves so beautifully. Yeah. And I would just throw in into the mix and correct me if I'm wrong, but, and that is what we re- recognize as great writing about boxing has tended to be about established boxers, people that we know. And we, and, and it's filling in some of the, I'm thinking of um, Mailer's work and some of, and some others. And basically about these enormously popular, well-known in, in some way, as, at least as far as their athletic endeavors are concerned. And that lends itself with, with this film, these are stories about people we don't know. And I, and I think that given that and the, the history of the Golden Gloves, there's, there's a lot of gravitas that this event itself brings along with the sort of the life of the people that you, you showcase here. Is that a fair statement? I think it's a very fair statement. I mean, the, the tournament itself is genuinely, um, to use the term I used a little earlier, a, a, an American cultural treasure. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, the new owners of the Daily News have, um, haven't conducted the tournament um, this year. And so uh, almost for the first time in, in, in the better part of a century uh, this year, there is no Golden Gloves in there, in, in New York City anyway, and um, there may not be ever or for some time. So wow. we captured, um, it may have been the last year or second to last year wow. uh, of this extraordinary thing. You know, hundreds and hundreds of fighters. In the old days, many more. The, the old Madison Square Garden, they used to have two rings. <laughs> and the <laughs> pictures, you see the old black and white pictures, um, the place entirely full to the rafters. Yeah. Um, uh, so the event, so it was... The event is, as you say, has its gravitas, is in a sense a character. Before I knew who my characters were, it was the character. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I found such compelling individuals. And all that is all the more poignant and all the more important because it may now be lost forever. And it it was truly part of the common inheritance of all Americans, this beautiful thing um, destroyed by... um, Potentially, anyway. Um, So it was very important. To capture it. Well, one of the things about Cradle of Champions that I, and Golden Gloves is that I just assumed that Golden Gloves. I didn't know anything about the Daily News involvement. I it just sort of seemed like something that was a part of boxing, part of professional boxing in some manner, a program that they ran, a kind of a you know a farm system, if you will, for for boxers. But I had no idea the Daily News was involved, and I didn't know how long it had been around. So on that level alone, and we we see some of the history. We see you bring in those elements into the film, and it, so on that just on that level alone, it was an educational. Um, experience for me as well and the other thing about new york and their involvement with this tournament is i think it's fair to say in in boxing it's been more or less as sort of a an area where people who are either recent immigrants it seems to have a history of recent immigrants people of the sort of underclass or with with less uh with maybe less resources 
there's there's a that get involved and this is kind of this is that rags to riches sort of element that in in some manner of speaking is part of this film as well somebody literally fighting to to get their get out of poverty or for or looking for opportunities beyond the ring and i that adds to this tremendously mm. in my opinion uh, yes, and that there's, as you say, uh, ancient history of that yeah. um, in every American city, and um, uh, and and New York as much as anywhere else, and it, it's it, it it's still going on, not in the scale um, uh, of the old days, but um, that is what these individuals are doing at the upper level of the tournament. There's a there's a lower level and an upper level, but in the elite level, the so-called open class, these guys are certainly have to work so hard at that level that it's effectively full-time, um, or any job you can do, you're paying your way to survive to box. And uh, these guys are and uh, women are effectively semi-professionals just because of what it requires, and they are at that elite level, they're not doing it for fun. They're doing it to, to change their lives and the lives of their families. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director of a new film called Cradle of Champions. It's a documentary film about the Golden Gloves tournament in New York City, and uh, that we're speaking with Bartle Bull. So uh, it's currently streaming on Showtime and um, uh, is uh, launching on video on demand on Friday, March 22nd on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. In making this film, you have gathered together for people who are in the sort of un, uh, watch a lot of documentary films will recognize a lot of people that you involved in the film. Talk a little bit about pulling together people like Kristen Johnson and Tom Hurwitz and some of the other people that you have working on the film. What was that experience like for you? Well, it was a, a remarkable experience to uh, shoot this movie and then edit it with these giants of the uh, documentary film world. I, it is my very first film of any kind, and um, certainly my, and my, my first documentary. And so to work with these people was an amazing privilege. I, I think that the subject matter is one of the things that attracted them to it. It's, uh, it, it's such a beautiful and challenging thing physically, um, on film, boxing, and the uh, unique access that we've had to this was was also, I think, interesting to um, our cinematographer, um, the other Tom Hurwitz, and the other um, uh, <clears throat> other uh, photographers who worked with him, who were each of them a DP or cinematographer level, or even director level in quite a few cases. Yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, cinematographer. I mean, you know, they, they would show up to these shoots and it was like the gunfight at the OK Corral. They were, you know, never knew who, which other giant of their field would be there. And I, my first piece of good luck was to attract the great Tom Hurwitz to do it. And, you know, who'd made, um, or who'd shot anyway, Valentino, the last emperor and the queen of Versailles and yeah. so many others. Yeah, yes. And he's really the white-haired dean of that world. Uh, and um, and so I don't think anyone else would have been able to attract all of these others. And um, I was hugely lucky to get Tom um, uh, 
And then our editor, Michael Levine, Restrepo and Billy the Kid and so many other. Central Park um, Five. uh, Central Park Five. I mean, these are films that will be taught in film school for decades. Um, uh, Or I hope they are. Yeah. Um, Well, just uh, give me a moment here, because I do. Kristen Johnson, I mentioned her. She's Citizen Four camera person. She was nominated for Academy Awards in both of those films. You had met Porwall from Cartel sorry, Land, Cartel yeah. Land, Cartel Land, uh, Wolfgang Weld, Escape Fire, the sa- the the fight to save American healthcare carrier, a number of others. Nadia Helgren from Trapped, Searching for Sugar Man. Oh my God, Fahrenheit eleven nine. Those are all in you, as you said. These are films that will be will be discussed uh, far beyond uh, my lifetime. And then you, your producer, you had uh, Macon Bard from Icarus, which won the Academy Award. City of Ghosts, Client mm-hmm. Nine. And then your executive producer, Donald Rosenfeld from Tree of Life and Jodorowsky's Dune. The, the, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I, 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 I would love to have been at the after party for this film. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so uh, are you, did this inspire you to continue working in, in the realm of uh, documentary film or otherwise? Absolutely. I mean, I, I had such a wonderful experience with this in terms of the world that we had access to, the characters that we discovered, and then the people I worked with. So, I mean, I really had it about as easy as it, as it can get, or at any rate, let us say, I, I, I was as fortunate, yeah. without a doubt, as any, any first-time filmmaker, or even perhaps any nonfiction filmmaker of any level of experience could ever get. And um, so I know that, and I know I won't always be that fortunate. Um, but at the same time, it um, absolutely has inspired me to try again, and I look forward to that. Well, this would this might have just been a, an exercise in filmmaking on, on as a purely uh, technical level, except that. In addition to that, you have these three exceedingly compelling storylines. They're very inspiring storylines with James Wilkins, Nisa Rodriguez, and Titus Williams. And this is where I'm going to tip tip of the chapeau to you in terms of recognizing these storylines and and being able to tell them in a very effective way. Well, you have these great people around you. At the end of the day, this is about storytelling, and this is about your ability as a writer to understand what is a compelling storyline and to be able to follow it through and make it compelling all the way to the finish. And for that, you deserve a tremendous amount of character. I was particularly drawn to Nisa Rodriguez. She is, well, they're all Mm -hmm. very compelling people, Uh, but I just, they're, 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 you're rooting for all of them. And you see the flaws in all of them, or all of the things that makes them human in the film. And yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what, what you know. I oftentimes in documentaries you are following a number of people, and you eventually settle on a certain number of storylines. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the case here, but however it happened, exceedingly uh, well done in that regard. Uh, would you like to talk about James or Nisa or Titus at all, or just? Sure, I, 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 they're um, uh, wonderful people, and I'm happy to discuss them all. Yeah. But I, I, I will say that um, uh, you're right, and I suppose the world doesn't need you and me to um, to, to to say it. But it's it, 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 we watch movies for people we care about, and so that's the job of the filmmakers to make us care about those people, and then the drama along the way as they 
seek that grade. Well, let me, let me ask that question differently. Was there something in them that sort of something compelling about James, Nisa, and Titus that you recognized oh. in following them? And- sure, super question. And it's a question that's, so, of course, at the heart of um, uh, any documentary of, of this narrative um, in structure, but uh, also especially true of any tournament movie. Yeah. You see, yeah. you, you never know <laughs> uh, who's going to win and who's going to lose, and if your character is going to be there at the end. And one of my very early advisors, the, um, the great George Butler, who's pumping iron, is still the greatest sports doc ever made, um, in my opinion, uh, told me a story about um, trying to make a movie about the fastest racehorse in the world, a documentary, and um, every year they'd go down to the yearling sales in Kentucky, and every year they get the wrong horse until they ran out of money. Um, uh, and uh, in a tournament movie, especially a tournament with hundreds and hundreds of participants, how do you know? And originally, we were really focused on the individuals that I knew from my gym. And, uh, and initially, they did pretty well, and we were always... Congratulating ourselves, uh, the film team, on our on our yeah. documentary luck that these guys were still in the tournament, but eventually they started losing. And uh, but I had seen from the very early days, from literally the sign up, um, in at least two of the uh, cases of our three main characters, okay. from 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 the registration day, I'd seen these people walk in different places, different days, walk into these rooms with a special charisma. Yeah. Uh, they happened uh, then also to be very, very good. And um, uh, that helps uh, one place a, a bet on them. Um, but beyond that, I could see a bunch of great fighters in the tournament, different weight classes and divisions and so on, men and women. And um, I could see the charisma in each of our uh, three main characters. Yeah. Uh, they, they would just... Um, uh, uh, dominate any room that they walked into, and and also as as a casual fight fan, I think that weight class, that one thirty two, that I don't know what that's that's welter or what whatever that division is, those the lighter divisions mm. tend to be the more action packed, and I think that was probably I don't know if you planned exactly that how that was going to work out. They tend to throw more punches. They tend to be more a little more active in the ring, and and certainly it certainly lends itself in this film to a very these the uh, the matches themselves are compelling they're kind of edge of your seat sort of experiences in watching the film but uh the, the they they're, they're action there's a lot of action when they're in the ring and I, that's probably true across the board in a golden gloves tournament because these kids are i mean they're fighting for this is their life essentially mm-hmm. so i'd imagine that but you did find that weight division seems to in, in just seems to be action packed anyway as well i should say yes it is and and you know and two of these guys happen to be in the same yeah. uh, division um yeah. and um uh happen to make their way to the finals and against each other and happen to have a history and a yeah. history of some bad blood between them yeah i mean it's just all set up for for that that epic final that you get 
Well, Bartle Bull, congratulations. You, you've got the eye for this kind of thing. I hope you continue to do it. And it is a wonderful documentary. Again, it's called Cradle of Champions. It's currently on Showtime, and it will be available, as you said, video, uh, VOD and DVD releases. Did you say the 22nd, I believe, of March? Is that Did I get that right? Yes, I believe it's the 22nd of March. Okay. Uh, okay, well, Bartle, thank you so very much for your time today here on Film School. The, the, again, the film is called Cradle of Champions. We've been speaking with the director of this wonderful documentary, Bartle Bull. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.